Lord, we're just so grateful to be invited into your presence this morning. We accept the invitation to be here with you, Lord. We open our hearts to worship you this morning. Speak to us.
celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're all about. St. Michael's. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these.
with you. Let us pray together the collect. <laughs> Almighty God, God, on this day you open the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel that it may reach to the ends of the earth through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. This morning's first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, commencing at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God. God. Please stand for reading the psalm. This morning's psalm will be Psalm 104, and we will begin at verse 25. Please respond by the asterisk. This great and wide sea, in which are innumerable teeming things, living things both small and great, there the ships sail about. These all wait for you. What you give them, they gather in. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to You send forth your spirit, they are created. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord in his words. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. May my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. May sinners be consumed from the earth and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, my soul. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Our second reading this morning is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
Verse 3, commencing. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God. God. Please stand for reading the gospel. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to thee, O Lord. St. John, chapter 16, beginning in verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> Let's open with a word of prayer. Lord, I thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray that he would move in our midst today, that he would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to know your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so, Pentecost. It's a pretty cool day. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Pentecost is the birthplace of the church. There is no church pre-Pentecost. There is no church without the miracle of the Holy Spirit. We are here precisely because God gave us his spirit to live in us, to guide us, to unite us, to lead us. And so it's a really important day. Like Bishop said, St. Michael's is all about the leading of the Holy Spirit, the miracle that happened on Pentecost when we were given God's Spirit to guide us into all truth. And so today I'm going to tell a little bit about that story. 
And if you guys have been keeping up with what's going on in the liturgy, I think it's the most fascinating way to think about it comes from looking at the people involved. Not just the ideas, but these are real people who experienced this. In the same way that God interacts and intervenes in our life, he interacted and he intervened in their life in a powerful way. And so last time I got to preach, I was talking to you about this transformation that happened in the apostles. The disciples who were following Jesus started with 12 of them. They lost one along the way. They left Jesus when he went to the cross. They started by saying, we'll follow you. Even if they kill us, we'll follow you. And then they abandoned him to death. They didn't stick by his side. And not only that, after his death, we find them next cowering in an upper room with the doors locked, hiding from who they think is coming. They think the Jews are coming after them next. Well, they got Jesus. They're going to get us next. And if you read the Gospels, Jesus told them over and over again, This is going to happen, and in three days I'll rise again. Don't be afraid. This is what's going on. And just like a lot of us, as soon as hardship came in, they forgot the promise of God. They forgot what he was saying. So those people, the cowering people, then what happens? They encounter the risen Jesus Christ. They encounter the guy who they saw dead on the cross. Well, some of them saw. Some of them were too afraid to even approach. They saw him dead on the cross and buried. And then they see him risen, and it's so powerful that they become once again, and even more so, the people who claim, we will follow you, Jesus, unto death. And then Jesus says, peace, see you later, I'm going somewhere else. And they're like, what? is happening what is going on with this guy we thought he was going to be the guy who was going to lead us to take over the roman empire to establish god's government on earth and then the romans killed him at the behest of their religious leaders of the jewish people and their whole worldview is just shattered and then jesus comes as the risen lord and he comes in their midst and he says look god actually meant for this to happen There was something important happening, and now I'm risen, and that validates everything I've been telling you in my whole ministry is validated because I'm standing here as the risen Lord saying, greater things shall you do. And they're getting pumped. They're like, okay, we've got a guy who can't be killed. He can walk through walls. He can heal people. Like, what else is going to happen? And he goes, oh, no, 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 I'm leaving. You guys are in charge now. And they look around, and they think, oh, you mean us? Us 11 men, fishermen, tax collectors, like not anybody important, not a single one of them had any power in the way that we might talk about it in the world. And he's like, yeah, you guys, now what, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go and you know all the nations of the world, not just the Jewish people, every nation in the world, I want you to make them my disciples, right? He said, okay, I have been leading you, but you know what? I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let you guys do your thing. And now you guys have the job of converting the entire world. Can you imagine being one of those leaders in that church? One of those 11 men. Sure. You're willing to go to the cross for Jesus because you've been transformed by your encounter with the risen Lord. 
So now those people who really claimed were willing to die for you, now they're really willing to die because now they've seen, they've encountered Jesus. Their hearts have been transformed. The disciples we see before Jesus ascends into heaven, those people are ready now to go to their own deaths because they know the truth of the resurrection. They've encountered the risen Lord Jesus. But there's something else that they need, right? Because 11 guys, even with the firmest of convictions, can't conquer the world. They just can't. They can't convert the world. And so what Jesus says to them is, goes, he says, I'm leaving, but you guys stay in the room in Jerusalem and pray. And I will send you my helper to come to you. Because they needed the ability to accomplish the mission that he had given them. It's like I was unloading the groceries yesterday with Rowan, and Rowan is just so helpful. I love his help. And he wants to take the biggest bag in the entire trunk. And you know what? I could give him the one with the gallon of milk and the cans of soup, but he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it to the house. So I have to actually pick a bag that matches his ability. Maybe it's got tortilla chips. Maybe it's got crackers, something small and light for him to carry. We get that, right? Well, what Jesus says to his disciples is, yeah, I want you to take the van into the kitchen. Go for it. As if I had asked Rowan, right? Pick up the van and just take the whole thing into the kitchen. It'll be easier. We'll unload there. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense what Jesus tells the disciples to do. Go and make disciples of all nations. Teach them to follow me. And I'm not going to be here, so you don't even get to say, hey, go check this guy out. You actually have to go convince them somehow. But he says, wait, wait. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the disciples believe in Jesus. They have a relationship with Jesus. They're willing to take up their cross and follow Jesus, but it's not enough. It's not enough without the Holy Spirit that Jesus promises will come upon them. Jesus knows they're going to need his Holy Spirit to fulfill the mission. So what does the Holy Spirit do? We know the story. We read the story. The Holy Spirit descends on them. But what is he there to do? Because I think it sounds a lot like some of us who we've met Jesus. We know him. We might even be willing to follow him, take up our cross and die for him. But we forget the need for the Holy Spirit. We forget to hunger after the Holy Spirit that will allow us to do the things that he's called us to do. So what is the Holy Spirit called to do? First of all, the Holy Spirit brings unity. The first miracle of the Holy Spirit is all about unity. And so we're going to talk about an, a story, one of the oldest stories in the history of the world that we've inherited from the Bible. It's the story of the Tower of Babel. And what happens here, we all know, these people get together and they're like, we're going to build a tower that reaches to heaven. But I think you may be familiar with that aspect, but let's talk a little bit about what's really said in this story. In Genesis chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. A tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we disperse over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have one language. This is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do now will be impossible for them. 
Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So what's God saying? God's saying a unified people who share the same language, there's nothing that they can't do. But you know what? Unity without God leads to destruction. Ultimately, the unity of persons is all about our own self-aggrandizement, our own putting up of ourselves. We want to build a tower to heaven. We're going to be so good. We're going to be the best community ever. It's all about us, and ultimately it falls prey to the sin of pride. You see it happen. The secular nations that rose up in the 20th century and caused world wars and uh, genocides, just awful things because they unified, and so they were powerful, but they unified under the wrong banner. The only true unity comes when we follow Jesus Christ. And it's demonstrated, right? We know that this works. It's all about the language, the shared language. You know, if somebody came up to me and said, hey, Let's go and let's hang out on Saturday. We're going to watch the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition. We're going to eat cinnamon rolls, and we're going to play the strategic board game Risk. You know what I say? You're speaking my language. That's exactly right. Let's do it. I'm on board. And the first miracle of the Holy Spirit, of course, is everyone heard the words the disciples were saying in their own language. In Acts chapter 2 And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is that age-old conflict that began in Cain and Abel where man was set against man, was resolved by the power of the Holy Spirit so that there was a unity once again among men, a unity of language. The Holy Spirit enabled that unity in that miracle of Pentecost. And what were they talking about? This is the difference between Babel, where they were united under one language, and the disciples, when they were united under one language by the power of the Holy Spirit. What they said was, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. That's a different type of unity than Babel that says, we are so awesome, we're going to build a tower to heaven. No, this is a unity that declares the goodness of God. That transforms the nature of the gathered community, the worship community, the church. The church is about unity among the diverse peoples, right? He didn't erase all the other language. He translated between the other languages, In Pentecost, the unity was about the might of God, and that turn changed the world. You can see in our New Testament, right, we've got Corinthians. We just get a little piece of this where he's talking about how there's a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. You know what Paul's doing? He has this church in Corinth who were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're operating in the gifts. Everything seems to be going well. But you know what they're doing? One guy's looking at the other guy and going, hey, I got the gift of prophecy, so I'm a better guy than you are. And he goes, well, I got the gift of healing, so I'm the better. Like, I've got the better spirit. They're they're, they're one-upping one another with the spirit that came so that we might be one body. It's absurd. But it's so relatable. We've all been there. We've all been the person who's competing when we were meant to be the same. It reminds me of on the football team, there's always that guy You know, that guy who thinks that he's the reason that there is a football team. And he doesn't do very well in the long run. 
He might be the most talented guy there, but I'll tell you, if he doesn't learn how to be one team, one body, he doesn't do that great in the long run. I've been that guy. I've been the guy who thought I had it all figured out. But you know what? The key to the people of God is unity by the Holy Spirit. It's not about me up here preaching. It's not about you in the pews. It's about all of us coming together to be the body of Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because everyone is necessary. That was a revolutionary idea when the disciples and the apostles were teaching it. It was a revolution in the world to talk about a people who came together and were unified under God. That their value came from God, not by how rich they were, not by what color their skin was, not by who was in government. It's all about the fact that they're unified by the Holy Spirit. So that's what the Holy Spirit does. He brings true unity to mankind. And secondly, there's going to be three things here. We've got the Holy Spirit brings unity. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Jesus said in our gospel lesson today, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Well, what's so important about having a spirit that guides us into all truth? All you have to do is Google, should I get the COVID-19 vaccine? And you will see that it's important to be able to tell truth from lies because there will be one article that says, if you're not getting it, you're going to hell. And there will be another article that says, if you're getting it, you're going to hell. And that's everything in between. It's important for us to have the spirit of truth to guide us into all truth because you know what? You can look up hundreds of controversial topics and you'll never figure it out without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You're just not smart enough. Neither am I. Neither are any of us. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. Now, you're called upon to use your education, your logical reasoning, all that stuff that God's given you. Great. But do you know what's going to make the difference in your family when you have to make a call? It's about listening to the Holy Spirit. You know what's going to make a difference when you're trying to decide what to do with your life, what to, where to go? It's the Holy Spirit, and his guidance is going to make the difference down the road. That's why truth is so important. And in fact, this truth goes two ways, right? It guides you into all truth, but you know what else it does? It convicts you of the truth. Peter gave this simple truth on the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit. As everybody heard in the unification of their own languages, he said, now when those people who were listening heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brother, what shall we do? It says that day 3,000 members were added to the church. Why were they added to the church? Because the truth that the spirit of truth brought convicted them of their sin. And they said, what should we do? It wasn't because Peter had the most persuasive argument. That was the age of rhetoric. That was the age of high-minded philosophy. But Peter just said the gospel truth. And 3,000 people said, what should we do? Tell us. Because the Holy Spirit convicted them of truth. So it's not just about guiding us into all truth. It's about convicting us of the truth that we might be blind to. And so I say that not because we need to go out there and we need to post on Facebook the simple gospel and people are going to be banging down our doors because the Holy Spirit's going to convict them. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's the idea. But I'm more interested in the fact that the Holy Spirit can teach us what we need to change. And then we can share that, the good news of our transformation with the world. The Holy Spirit can teach us what we need to change in our own lives, and that will change the world. 
And lastly, the Holy Spirit brings unity among diversity. He brings the truth. He guides us in the truth. And he clothes us with power from on high. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus says to them, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That has to do with what I was talking about with Rowan, right? He can't carry the van into the kitchen. The disciples can't convert the entire world to the faith of Jesus Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. These 11 men that Jesus left were not up to the task that he had been given them. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, they changed the world. This is why Jesus said in the gospel lesson that crazy thing that he said to the disciples that they didn't get. He said, it's better if I leave and send you the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Because one enfleshed Jesus Christ on earth leading the church is not as good as a billion Christians empowered by his spirit through the Holy Spirit representing the body of Christ to the world. It's actually not better for Jesus to be here in the flesh. He told us. It wouldn't be better if we had Jesus crowned Pope of the entire church and he was making all the decisions. It's better for a billion Christians to have the Spirit of God within them, representing the body of Christ to that immense diversity across the entire planet. Right? It's better that you are transformed by the Holy Spirit and you, in your little realm, bring the kingdom of God to earth. It's pretty simple in corporate language, right? It's like the CEO doesn't do all the work. He lets everybody else do it. It's a hard concept to manage if you're somebody like me who wants to control everything and make sure it's all perfect. But it's what Jesus was willing to do. Even with these 11 supremely flawed men, just like you and I, he said, no, I'd rather you do the ministry of reconciliation. It's better that you do it. Because it's not just about accomplishing a mission. It's also about making us participate in the body of Christ. It's also about raising us up. If you want to raise somebody up, if you have like a troubled kid or somebody um, who you're mentoring or bringing into fellowship, you know what one of the key ways to help them grow? Give them some responsibility. Give them something that they can do. Invite them to be in some position where they are taking ownership. That's part of what Jesus is doing. He wants you to be so transformed that you're like him to other people in the world. You want to bring his love to those who you meet in the world. But you're not alone too. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have the Spirit who guides into all truth. You have the unity of the body where we all come together and we together support one another and represent Jesus to the world. So you have the conviction that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you walk in relationship with him. You're committed to following him. So were the disciples. But Jesus said that wasn't enough. And so this morning, as we wrap up this sermon, I'm going to ask the worship band to come up. And we're going to do something very charismatic this morning. We did this a lot at my charismatic church out in Boston. But we're going to have some of our people come up and pray for anybody who wants to receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, then come on up. If you just want a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God in your life, if you want him to fill you up and to empower you for the day-to-day, come on up. We're going to have like six people up here. So there's plenty of people to pray for you. So let me end with a word of prayer. They're going to start playing some music. And then as you feel led, just come on up and we'll get you all prayed for. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity 
this opportunity to come before you and to ask for your Holy Spirit to fill us up, to bring a fresh outpouring on this church of St. Michael's that you love so well. And I pray that you would send us out from this day with the gifts that you're giving us, that we might live as the body of Christ to the world, that we might be empowered to love our families well, to lead our families well, to hear your spirit which guides into truth, to live in unity, and to bring the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit into the world. Amen? No, I was uh, supposed to preach today. <laughs> uh, I wasn't, but I thought I was. Uh, and I had the very same uh, plan that the Lord gave me this morning. So I don't want you, I don't want, I want everybody Amen. to come up here and just get a touch from God. You know, we're, I, I imagine most of us here are born again, spirit filled Christians. But uh, Pentecost is when we celebrate that, and no better way of celebrating than just praying for each other and just getting a fresh touch. So I want you all to just come up here. Amen. Everybody. Thank you, Lord.
Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Grant that every member of your church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. Let light perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. May we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I've done, by what I've left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart, and I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution, remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. 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 Praise you, Lord. All right, well, that, that was really great. You know, I was praying with a bunch of people, and the question that I asked was, do you speak in tongues? And I just feel like there's an opportunity now coming up here this summer to just let that gift flow in your life. God wants you to be able to speak in tongues. I know it's, it can be controversial. It can be a little weird. But it's like a connection that God gives you to the, in the Spirit. It's not just about your physical, but it's a spiritual connection that he wants to build up in your life. So in your prayer time, just ask him to release that gift of tongues in your life. And uh, you'll be able to just speak directly to him. It's, a, it's something so personal between you and the Lord. And so I just encourage you to, uh, to enter in there. I know at uh, Home Group, I, I believe we're really going to start focusing on this, on this gift of the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, we got a few announcements. <laughs> Sorry, change of pace. Uh, we need to uh, congratulate our graduates. <laughs> so let's put our hands together for, let's see. Who do we have here? Dee Dee, my daughter, graduating from eighth grade. Patrick Henry, Michelle Madison, Claire Powell, Aiden Johnson, Jake Overschlepp, and Deacon Jesse Harris. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, everybody. 
we've got the rummage sale still coming up. Make your donations here. Talk to Kelly Johnson about that. And also, the youth retreat's coming up. So youth, get excited. It's going to be awesome. There's already people donating money. They want you to go to this. Uh, I really want you guys to be blessed in this retreat. And so anyone who wants to help with that, talk to Kristen. And uh, you youths out there, definitely talk to Kristen and get signed up. Tell her you want to go. Amen. All right. I just wanted to say one more thing. As I was praying, I felt like there are some of you out there who received prayer who may feel like it probably didn't take. Like somehow the Holy Spirit was limited because I'm not good enough or because I don't know what's going on. And I just wanted to encourage you that if you receive prayer this morning, then the Holy Spirit is in you and with you. Because it's about His power, not about our ability to make it work. So just have confidence as you move forward. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit with you everywhere you go. There's no excuse anymore not to believe that He can do it within you. So look for Him to make it manifest in your life. All right. As we prepare to receive the body and the blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you with greater joy than ever in this season of Pentecost when Christ became our Paschal sacrifice. He's the true Lamb who took away the sins of the world. By dying, he destroyed death. and By rising, he restored our life. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory. We join in their unending hymn of praise. your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he's given up to death, a death he freely accepted. He took bread and gave you thanks, gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to them, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ Christ has died. Christ Christ is is risen. risen. And Christ Christ will will come come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love, together with our patriarch Craig and all of the clergy. Remember the sick, infirm, Connie, Susie, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Nadia, Kyle, Sonjas, Maria, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Kyla, the McGurk family, and Gavin, our Marines and sailors. We hold all these up to you, Lord. 
draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage to pray. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you. And feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who come to the supper of the Lamb. Amen.
hit me and I probably should have said something a while ago but uh, a couple of things came um, all of a sudden I was feeling like oh Christmas like oh why do I want Christmas to be here and I just felt like God was saying like Christmas like you're expectant for something to come you're expectant for a gift and then the second thing is like the dependency of a child on God just like when a child is so excited for Christmas like they know it's going to happen they know it's going to be there so I just feel like God wants to encourage you that he's moving, but to be expectant for him to move, even when it doesn't feel like it or when it feels like it's out of season, he's moving, he's already doing it. Um, And like Jesse said, just having that Holy Spirit with you, to be so dependent on him and just to not stop thirsting after him. Just like we come to home groups on Sundays just to come so hungry and expectant for him to move in our midst. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, Jesus was leaving and knew he was leaving. And so uh, he said, they're not ready. They're not ready. And so I'm not going to leave them, but i got to leave them, so I'm not going to leave them alone. That's the real short version, right? Yes. And he poured upon the Holy Spirit. But the thing about the Holy Spirit, it's like a teacher. One of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. And teachers don't change you unless you allow them to. Teachers don't change you unless you study what they teach you. It becomes a part of you. 
And I want to really encourage you. <clears throat> you know, there's the different types of temperament, I, I understand, but be the one like Kristen, in fact, everybody up here, that's going after it. Like Jesse, he's like the head going after it guy. And I love him. He's good for me because he encourages me to go after it. Go after it. Man, there's so much there. You can go so deep into God. Why mess around? Amen. Amen. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the enemy. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell, Satan, and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking ruin our souls. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling. That's his steel. He's reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against him. And he loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. Best of all, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. Remain with you always. Amen. Find me here in your presence I'm not living